You are listening to us, Unscripted Stories, brought to you by Northwestern University's Multicultural Student Affairs. We are recording at the traditional homelands of the people of the Council of Three Fires, the Ojibwe, Potawatomi, and Adawa, as well as the Menominee, Miami, and Ho-Chunk Nations. All right, well, welcome back. We are back here now. This is Vishnu Venugopal. Um, I'm one of the graduate assistants who uh, is working in Multicultural Student Affairs. Um, I'm here with my co-host, Aaron Golding, one of Hello. the assistant directors here at MSA, um, working with the Native and Indigenous community, and another esteemed guest has joined us. I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> Alicia, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, hi. <laughs> my name is Alicia Rains. I use pronouns she, her, and hers. I work here at Northwestern as an assistant director in the Office of Multicultural Student Affairs. And um, specifically in my role, I work with Black and African-American undergraduate students. Awesome. Yeah. Where can students find you? Where do you work out of? Sure. Well, today I'm in MCC. Shout out to MCC. (laughs) 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 You can find me over here. Um, But typically I work in the Black House. So you all may know that the Black House currently, let's put date time, right? It's July, August, 2019. It's August. It's August. It's August. Yeah. August. (laughs) We ju- August is very young. It, it in <laughs> we are in that. August, however. We are yes. in young August. <laughs> August 2019. So the Black House is getting ready to go under its renovations for a year long. So that means we're in a temporary space right now located at 1856 Orrington Avenue. So technically that is where you could find me most often where the office is situated. So roll through so you can see Pull me, up. Alicia. Come through. Yeah. Do it to it. So I think we'll start with a question about home. Does that sound good? That sounds real good. Okay. Um, can you tell us about where is, like where home is for you, what home is to you? Yeah. Um, so home is Chicago for sure. It's so funny. I don't know which one of you to look at. So I'm going to focus. We don't need this to be an hour long. Chicago's home. I moved here when I was about three years old from upstate New York with my mom and younger brother. Since then, I now have two brothers that I've, grow, I've grown up with. Um, product of CPS, so like elementary school, high school, all the good things. Um, went away a little bit for college, first time job, and then came back. So Chicago's been home ever since. Live on the south side and um, hey. love it. Have a husband and two little babies, and they are pride and joy, the three of them together. And so they're home. The place where we live is home. Chicago's home. All of the above. Awesome. Thank you for sharing with us. Sure, sure. Yeah, thank you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what led you to Northwestern in this role that you are currently doing? Um, actually, I saw my role um, with a previous person who was working in this role years ago. Um, I was looking for a job in uh, some sort of multicultural office, preferably in Chicago. And I said, you know what? It'd be really dope to work with students of color. That'd be cool. You know, it'd be even more cool to work specifically with black students, but that kind of thing doesn't exist and just happened to stumble upon um, the role that I currently am in. And I think at that point it was right after African-American Student Affairs had transitioned into MSA. So um, it was I remember being a little unclear, like, does this person just work with black students? Do they work with students of color? But either way, black students was listed under their position. I was like, that's dope. Um and there was someone working in the role, so obviously there was no uh, potential there. But I had thought to myself, wow, I didn't know a position like that existed, and that would be a dream job. That was years ago. 
And so uh, full circle to doing my last search, um, I saw this position come up and it was um, pretty exciting. Um, lots of like internal conflict and imposter syndrome, like I won't get the job, but I'm going to apply anyway, see how it goes. And um, yeah, lots of great things happened. Um, if anyone's ever interested to know more about a, a what do you want to call it, like a candidate process to like apply for a job in student affairs. And I think that'll be a great story to tell about like from the application and obviously a cover letter to then a phone interview and then progressing past that stage. And then um, this very interesting process we do for on-campus interviews that lasts for a whole day where people just grill you in multiple formats, asking the same questions multiple times. And then you have to wait to hear back and I got the job. So I've been here for about a year, July 11th yeah. was my one year anniversary here. Woo! So good times. That's how I got here. Awesome. <laughs> so what was it about this kind of role that, um, or student affairs in general that, uh, drew you in like why are you interested in this kind of work yeah um I often when I hear folks who work in student affairs talk about kind of how they got into the field I hear a really similar narrative like I never intended to do this work this wasn't on the trajectory let alone even understanding or knowing or being able to quantify what a what a position and career would look like in student affairs so that's definitely my story too I wanted to be a lawyer I was um, taking all of my classes. I had a pre-law concentration. You can't really major in law in undergrad, so you just take a concentration. Um, I'd taken LSAT exams, had worked with many lawyers and internships, so I knew what I was doing, and it was not student affairs. And um, But lo and behold, that whole time when I was in undergrad, I made a promise to myself and to my mother that I would be able to finance my own way through school. I didn't want to be a burden to her. She had two other kids to still worry about college, financing so I said you know what as the oldest don't worry about me I'm gonna I'm gonna get it so I worked um two jobs every year of college and every time I was working a job it was always in student affairs so I didn't have verbiage and language around you know these cluster of offices have um some meaning but I I worked in um residence life for nearly four years I worked in um admissions I worked with the multicultural office I didn't necessarily work in their office at the time um, I worked in the career um, in the career advancement office. Um, I worked with alumni support and in donor engagement, like all of these things. And I was always doing um, oh tour guide. If I didn't say that one, that was my favorite one. Calf muscles on point. Best <laughs> uh, <laughs> workout, and you just that's what it's really about. How to navigate a campus <laughs> yeah. backwards. It's pretty impressed. Uh, it I really, didn't think about the backwards. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's a requirement. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh. yeah, it's the requirement. You must walk backwards to remain engaged with the families. Shout out to the families that chose U of I based on their tour groups with me. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at any rate, all I knew is it's like being a tour guide. I loved engaging and interacting with folks. I loved sharing my story and knowing that that story could help someone else have an easier time in college. Um, when I was reviewing cover letters and resumes for other folks, I had people who did that for me. So it was always this, this kind of like reciprocity, like someone did it for me and I want to do it for someone else. If I have a, a something to share, I want to share it and get an, and get a paycheck because that was important. Right. Yeah. Look how the student, I need monies. Um, but that was kind of like a really big, important part to me. And so when it came time for graduation and law school wasn't really panning out, I felt kind of stuck. Like what? What happens next, especially when this was a field of choice I had seen for myself for so many years, and it was actually a mentor who's now a soror, and I'm so grateful for, who 
took a moment in time to say, Alicia, you've been doing doing student affairs work all this time, and specifically with residence life, you've been working for over three years. Um, why don't you consider going into the field and being a hall director? And I mean, I had never considered. I, I just, I had had a hall directors because I was an RA, but I never thought that you could work as a hall director. And um, so based on that suggestion, I was like, yeah, I started reading cover letters. I'm like, I could do that. And so got my first job as a hall director out in Framingham, Massachusetts, 20 minutes outside of Boston. Shout out to Framingham. Shout out to Framingham. First ever uh, full-time gig. And it was such a great learning experience. And I had some really great supervisors there who just um, supported me and nurtured me, helped me find my voice and um, been down riding ever since. So that's kind of how I came into it. When you think back to your experience in college, is there anything that you draw on um, that helps inform the work that you do now from your own experiences? Yeah. Um, similar to being in college, um, when I came into the field as a professional, what drew me was being able to relate to students to feel like I was giving back and support them um, kind of in those really uh, personal moments where kind of you're at your best and sometimes at your lowest, but to be there and to be in support. Major for me. Something I noticed in working first and then getting the degree second is that um, grad school provided language to the things I was kind of already doing um, when I was working that first job out in Framingham. Um, and what I think I really noticed is that um, college students, typically between the ages of 18 to 22, are going through such a formative time in their lives. Um, the development that's happening at that age is astronomical. Everything from like your religion and spiritual development to your racial development, gender and sexually, gender and sexuality for, um, formation and identity development, all these things are happening, but they're happening at once. You're, you're picking your friends. Um, you're finding out your limits, testing boundaries, if you will. I worked in conduct, so that was a really <laughs> nice way of saying that. <laughs> um, just all these things, and it's all happening, um, you know, and if you choose to live on campus or not, but I worked with students who chose to live on campus it's, it's happening in really personal spaces. Like, for example, the residence hall is the same place you live, sleep, eat, um, study, all the things. And um, to see and to be able to connect with students right in that space, um, for me, amazing. And also, um, I'm able to look at their experiences and be reminded of kind of where I was at between 18 and 22. And the times where I was... I like for with my faith, for example, that was something that was um, more so placed on me for my mom. Like you will go to church every Sunday. You should be reading the Bible. You should be doing these, these and these things. And when I got to college, I got to decide what that what that religious affiliation meant to me. And so for a time, I was like, yeah, I'm going to sleep in on Sundays. Who needs church? Like this is so much better. And then it was like, OK, I might dabble in a Bible, but I'm not really trying to go find people to go sit in fellowship with. And then I had this moment where I was like, no, I actually do want to be there. I do want to have a relationship with God. So that's just like one example of an, like an identity that you, in, in, in my circumstance, I um, had to come to find for my own. I could no longer rely upon other folks, other guardians, other friends, other mentors or whatever it was. It, it had to be on my own. And so when I see students currently in the work that I do, 
going through those very same things. And I, I talk a lot about friends because the folks that you align yourself with really does speak to who you are as a person in your own character and your own value. But what does that mean when you're also figuring out what your values are as you're deciding and making those associations? Um, super formative. So I feel like I'm, I'm drifting far in a tangent, but at any rate, that is um, why I feel an honor to even be a, like walking along some alongside someone in their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll come ask me for help. Like that's, like you want me, like mm. me, me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it it really is an honor, and it, it what's it's what keeps keeps the work exciting. It like I said again about kind of like this altruistic quality I have of just giving back in ways that I feel like I have so many people who've done that for me, um, and it just really is, yeah, what keeps me going. Are there any um, like programs that you do that might highlight? Um, that you might want to highlight that would uh, kind of speak to that walking along the journey yeah. along with someone that, that you want students to know about? Yeah, sure. Um, so Northwestern might be maybe like my fourth or fifth institution at so far. And um, with every place of work, and these are all collegiate institutions, every place has a vibe, every place has a culture. And um, I always say like the first year is just kind of figuring out the landscape and what is the culture? What are the unnamed things? What are the unspoken guidelines, rules, expectations, norms. And so Northwestern, it's been fascinating to find out kind of what those unspoken norms, um, challenging sometimes and beautiful and rewarding sometimes as well. But to be able to find out what those things are and undoubtedly one of the rising priorities and themes that came up for me is wellness Um, and wellness in multiple forms and for multiple constituents. Obviously, our students have been... um, doing a wonderful job of making it really clear to the administrative staff, to our institution, that um, it doesn't seem like mental wellness and health is as pri- is as prioritized as they would like to see it to be. And I don't disagree. Um, so we got that front covered, and we know that, and we've heard their voices, we've seen their demands, we've seen their ideas and their suggestions, and I agree. Um, but I also think similarly for staff. Um, what are the ways in which we're supporting folks to want to stay here and to be authentic here and to be able to show up in the ways they need to, to do the good work, but also to do it every day and a really fast paced quarter system that is really demanding and uh, the expectations are really high. Um, so anyway, there's a point to this wellness rose to that on um, the top of that, that list for me as something that was really important as I was observing kind of those norms of Northwestern. And so a really big project I worked on this past academic year would be black history month, heritage planning, as a heritage month planning for that month-long series of programming and I've done black history month programming in many places seen it done in many forms of spaces as well and you can do some really awesome things and some really expected things you can talk about folks of history you can um, do things with food you can have fashion shows and there's lots of things and not knocking any of those things but I chose to utilize something that I thought was really important to our campus which I just named as wellness and take another program that I knew I was doing anyway, incorporated into. So um, Black History Month 2018 or 19. Wow. Where are the years going? Um, <laughs> 2019. Um, I think it was called uh, celebrating like wholeness and the self. And so I wanted to take um, take tidbits of different forms of wellness and incorporate it into the black experience and put that on display. And so we did Afrofusion Zumba. We did a financial literacy course. We had 
a chef come cook some soul food for us. We did HIV testing and screening. Um, Char, the graduate assistant I work with, did a wonderful paint and sip. And it was non-alcoholic, just putting that out there. <laughs> sparkling apple juice. Sparkling apple which juice. Which is fire. Which was <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. I, some people hadn't tried it before. Martinelli's. They should pay us for this right now. Yeah. Sponsorship. Um, Sponsorship. Hello. <laughs> Um, so that's an example of a program that I did that was really exciting. And that's kind of how I try to do my work, find the things that are relevant, that are pressing, that are needed, um, a little selfish, kind of what I would need for myself and what excites me as well. And then, um, factor that into something I'm already expected to do. So, um, pressure's on for 2020. I don't know what the idea is going to be for that. Um, but I'm really excited for just the programming that's going to come out of MSA this year. I'm really proud of our team. I think, you'll see a focus of um, intersectionality from us in ways that we haven't possibly done before. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, that's really exciting as well. And I'm just really excited to be a part of that. So 2020, here we come. See what happens there. I really want our students in particular to um, just be taken care of and take care of themselves. And so that wellness piece is just something that's always on my mind. And so students and even colleagues who know me know that that's something I'm probably talking about more than they want to hear about. Um, but I just think it's so important, um, specifically with our students. So I'm, I'm really searching for ways to help folks be sustained mm -hmm. and um, Push back on that culture. Yeah, yeah, it's it's important. It's important to me. And I think it's important in general. So that's my soapbox. Take care of yourselves. Take care yes. of yourself and let the system or force the system to take care of you because it won't. If you wait for it, it won't. So you got to force it. Mm. Well, Alicia Reigns, thank you so much for coming and stopping by and talking with us. So funny to hear you say it. Alicia Reigns out. <laughs> <laughs>